When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is June 21st, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa. Now I see Demon Diva Issa tonight. We'll talk about NXT 2.0, a taped episode, yet one of the strongest, most watchable episodes of NXT 2.0 in quite some time. We have that. We have news. And later tonight, following up last week's <coughs> epic ranking of the top NXT men's champions tonight. It's time for the women, and we are going to rank the top NXT Women's Championship reigns. But before we dive into everything, Alfred, what's going on in the news? Well, the story taking over Twitter. Adam Cole is under attack, ladies and gentlemen. Have you heard this? Have you read about this? Booker T, shout out to the God Booker T. Shout out to the wrestling God Booker T. He was on his podcast, Reality of Wrestling. And uh, trigger warning, he's had some comments for Adam Cole that are downright vile, offensive, just uh, some of the worst things maybe I've ever heard dealing with wrestling people in wrestling. So I just want our audience to know that this is very vile and offensive trigger warning. Okay, we're all in a safe space now. Trigger warning. These were Booker T's comments about Adam Cole that set the world on fire. Are you ready? His comments, not mine. He said, quote, <clears throat> we got to get more muscle on this kid. That's probably one of the reasons why he's going out there getting hurt because it can't be the schedule of AEW. End quote. Okay, his words, not mine. I know, horrible, deplorable. Booker T suggesting Adam Cole needs to put on some more muscle for athletic reasons. I know, terrible. And boy, did the colonizers come for him. Uh, Hangman Adam Page had some comments on Twitter. Renee Paquette went full Karen and called this body shaming, which is hilarious to me, and is the crux of what we are now hearing is that Adam Cole is being body shamed. Uh, before I really get into my thoughts, Issa, uh, I'd like to hear what you think about this whole situation with Adam Cole being body shamed under attack. Um, I, as, as somebody that has a big crush on Adam Cole's girlfriend, I think he's winning at life, no matter how much muscle mass he has. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's my thoughts. Glenergy? Uh, so it's tough, right? I could see in other circumstances where a comment like this could be offensive um, or taken in a negative light. So I understand that. Um, in terms of transgressions on a scale of 1 to 10, this is maybe a 1. But I, I understand. I, I understand the precedent that's being argued. I don't agree that in everything that's going on right now, this is the cause to uh you know uh express your outrage over but i understand the principle i i personally think that booker t is now the scapegoat of number one a lot of real body shaming going on with adam cole on the wrestling community this is not coming from mm. booker t it's just it's just a meme that i've been seeing the same freaking picture from an episode of bte and he doesn't even look like that when he comes out to the ring let's be real horrible lighting horrible angle and that's a picture that everybody's using so i think like booker t is not only the escape goal from people getting tired of that comment because i don't think that adam cole looks that much more different than what he did in nxt if i'm being honest with your body wise but in, in addition to that 
Booker T is known for having not the best takes. So I feel it was just a volcano that was about to erupt and those two things just came together and it all fell apart for him because we do know that every once in a while he has very bad takes and we do know that a lot of people have been just going on about Adam calling and, and whatever it is that's like, it's, it's nobody's problem. And, and I just feel like it's a bad combination of too many things that went wrong and people just had it. And I'll say this because uh, we, we've discussed this on this podcast uh, many a time, like read the current temperature, read the room. Think uh, we were talking off air. Like sometimes you think, oh, you know, I would have made this joke or I would have said this, but given the evolution, the progress and the discussions we've seen, maybe this won't be well received. Maybe I'll find this funny or insightful, but I could see where other people could take it the wrong way. And I think uh, that awareness is essential to navigate Twitter in the year 2022. Okay, that's one thing, but I don't think that applies to this situation at all because what Booker T was doing was not mocking Adam Cole for his Hmm. size. He wasn't saying, oh, look at this short Adam Cole. Look at this uh, little guy, little Adam Cole with his little wrestling moves and his little outfits. He was not making fun of Adam Hmm. Cole for cosmetic reasons. What he was saying, whether you agree with it or not, was a veteran who knows more about wrestling than all of us combined Hmm. In his opinion, again, which can be controversial to Issa's point, in his opinion, saying that Adam Cole maybe could put on some more weight athletically for reasons that he couldn't get hurt. This is a strictly athletic mm-hmm. commentary. I, I'm the, the body shaming discussion has gone so left in this country from all these overweight people dying of COVID and that being blamed on body shaming, even though it was a scientific fact, to now we're doing this thing where if an athlete tells another athlete, hey, maybe put on some more muscle, that's body shaming. This happens in the NFL all the time where a strength and conditioning coach will go up to a player and say, hey man, you got to put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle because then you're going to break more tackles. Then you're going to be more yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wealthy fit for the season can you imagine if one of those players said oh no coach don't body shame me that coach would be like nigga what if you don't get in your your oompa loompa looking ass in the gym and pick up a barbell i'll kick you off this team myself so an athlete telling another athlete to put on some muscle to me isn't body shaming it's not worthy of the type of outrage that is getting so i agree the booker t i give him all the respect in the world to say whatever he wants whether i agree or not i just think it's hilarious how this has become a conversation about body shaming because it is two completely different aspects that need to be differentiated. Like I said, I really think it's because of the things that we're seeing online. And and even Booker T, I think he even came back and said, my words are being taken out of context here after he saw the outrage on social media. I feel like people are just taking that and and kind of like somehow merging it with the whole story of people actually making fun of Adam Cole online. Um, and it's just, it's just a bad combination of everything. But I do, I do see what you're saying, Alfred. I don't think what he said is offensive. I don't think it's body shaming, but I do think that there's been just so much bullshit on Adam Cole for so long in regards to his body and that meme picture that I was telling you about that just Booker T is not paying the price for all the jokes that we've seen for the last few months. And um, there are fan bases that I think people in the wrestling community also kind of know that if I say anything even remotely critical of this performer, their fan base is just like, it's it's going to be bad. And I think with AEW, I think that that has been an issue of criticism of most AEW talent, but certainly AEW is the company. 
And I think it's also the zeitgeist of pro wrestling. I don't think this is just an Adam Cole issue. Adam Cole's body type, wrestlers of the prototype of Adam Cole, SWIs, short, white, and from the Indies, are overprotected in terms of, in WWE, they had this yes movement with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. We saw that play out where WWE was trying to hold him down and say he's too little in the main event WrestleMania. And people went crazy over that to the level where it overtook WWE and actually vaulted mm. Brian Danielson. Because there's always been that feeling of a persecution complex that if you make fun of somebody who's an SWI, then everybody's going to get mad uh, because he's not going to get to the level we want him to get. So that yes movement mm. persecution complex is always going to be in the internet wrestling community, Or if you make fun of somebody like an Adam Cole and dare to bring up his weight and his height, these people are going to overprotect him. I, I hear, I've read a lot that Adam Cole's one of the most overhated, which is a word that I really? guess the Young Bucks made up. <laughs> like Guys like Adam Cole, Brian Daniels, the CM Punk, the SWIs, they will be, there's built-in support for these prototype of wrestlers. So whenever it is suggested that they're too small the to main event, which was not what Booker T was going for, by the way, but whenever it is even remotely suggested that they're too small the to main event, then the internet goes crazy because of that persecution complex. Hmm. At least that's the way I see it. Let's move on from this BS story into the next story that's dominating the headlines with WWE, and that is Vince McMahon's ongoing investigation. The dominoes continue to fall. Of course, Bruce Pritchard was named interim senior uh, VP of talent relations, which was uh, John Laurinaitis's former position. He has not been at TV. He has been placed on administrative leave. Uh, backstage morale, considering Bruce Pritchard as the, the interim VP of talent relations is not very good. Uh, apparently people are not happy about this. And uh, now PW Insider is reporting that there's a very quiet mood backstage. Everybody's walking on eggshells because they don't know who's going to be in power next. They don't know which heads are going to roll. They don't know which executives are going to rise into power. So uh, very awkward times in WWE right now, if I do say so myself, Glenn. Hey, uh, can't even imagine what this must be like given the uncertainty. And it's a very political environment, uh, very tough to know who to trust. And depending on who gets promoted, things could go any number of ways. And depending on Talon's pre-existing relationship with Bruce, things could go any number of ways. So I think uh, this is tough. I mean, change is difficult. And there's so much uncertainty in WWE right now that I can't even imagine what it's like for the talent there, which was really the point we were talking about Friday, about how it's like they keep trotting out Vince on TV. And I think that just keeps reminding people how not normal things are right now. Yeah, no, I just feel like uh, the shows are hurting creatively. So are we putting too much pressure on Bruce Pritchard right now to like <laughs> be doing all of these jobs? And at the same time, I, I personally saw it as, I don't know, I, I feel like that is really running the show because I feel like if that's the case, I don't know that this decision would have been made. Yes, putting administrative leave is the same thing as Vince voluntarily stepping down while the investigation goes on. I just don't know that Bruce is the right choice when you're expecting to be running these three shows creatively week after week. Um, yeah, but like Glenn said, I think my main concern goes for the talent because some of the backstage report is that people are, you know, just not happy about the same person that deals with their creative dealing with their, you know, with every single issue. Somebody needs time off. The same person that's booking the show is just going to write you off. It just seems like a conflict of interest that has the mm. person that does the creative run the the kind of like low-key hr aspect of things with this talent yeah it'll be interesting it's got to be a, a i mean the only constant it's funny the closest thing we have to a constant is that vince mcmahon's in charge but even that's not a constant so i could only imagine the uncertainty in wwe right now 
and what's got to be budding frustration, whether it's tension, anxiety. Between that, before this even happened, they had to worry about their jobs, you know, where people are getting fired in mass every week. And now, in addition to worrying about that, they have to worry uh, who's going to be firing me, you know? So it's all kinds oh, yeah. of anxieties that are going on in WWE right now. And I would not envy these WWE superstars right now. Crazy times. Wait, imagine imagine if Bruce gets confused because he has so much on his plate that he fires the wrong person and gives somebody else like the push on creative. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like he was supposed to go and release this one wrestler and put this one in the main event and he gets them confused and like we end up getting ricochet challenging Roman Reigns or something like that. That would actually that be a fantastic storyline. That'd be I'm great, yeah. They might fail upwards doing that. They might be, uh-oh, we got this fantastic main event. What do we do? Yeah. Uh, I'm all for it. I hope they screw everything up like that. Uh, final story. It looks like WWE bad's going to worse. Of course, they are being now investigated by five law firms for um, allegations of uh, fiduciary misconduct, violating security laws. As of today, uh, four other firms have stepped forward in addition uh, to the firm that was already investigating them to investigate possible wrongdoing with their securities. Issa. Yeah, I just feel like I saw an announcement of these like firms saying, if you feel like something could be wrong and you're an investor, please reach out to us. At this point, one thing went wrong. <laughs> Every law firm out there is going to try to figure out how to bank out of this. So oh, yeah. I... I I don't believe any of this until we see the final results of the real investigation. I do think there was some insider trading. That's some real, you know, stuff going on there. But all of these little law firms coming out to try to find some people and put on a lawsuit, I, I'm just not falling for that. Well, better call Saul because this is going to be like mesothelioma for <laughs> shareholder lawyers. <laughs> There was literally an ad that said that if you're an investor of WWE and you're worried about this situation, please reach out to us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, and this is not the first time that we've seen WWE dealing with a class action lawsuit. Even within the last 12 months, I believe there was something similar in the misleading investors uh, during some presentations. And um, so this is something that, that has happened with WWE before. Uh, but I, I would be especially worried about any allegation of insider trading if that comes to light because there were those millions of shares that traded hands right before this mm -hmm. investigation news came down and to me that smells like a fish and that's something that i would be a little nervous about if i'm wwe if they came knocking well combine that with the suppressed complaints which is the, i think the real story in the the real like major bombshell in the wall street journal story i think it was in the first one of the follow-up but the years of suppressed complaints basically mean that every single employee who worked at the company that had knowledge of those and traded shares, maybe that could be construed as trading with insider information because they knew this was a ticking time bomb that eventually mm -hmm. was going to come to light. So it's pretty nice. But you you want to know what, like, the part that, like, blows my mind is this investigation was launched back in April. If there wasn't a whistleblower in the Wall Street Journal getting involved, we might have never even heard about it. Vince would yeah. have never even had to step down. Like that part to me is like mind blowing. Like, yes, this insider trader trading thing is concerning, but it's like people have known about this investigation since April. I'm sure the people that are on the must know knew about it for a long time. So it's just another thing, another thing to just take into perspective. Right now, they're just like staying face for public, you know, for their public for the way that the public looks at them because the people found out but if it wasn't for the wall street none of us would have known about this yeah absolutely crazy yeah that's your news 
There you have it. So uh, Kyle on Twitter pointed out something really good that NXT works really well taped. And thinking about it tonight, that kind of makes sense going back to its its glory days, right? I mean, NXT was never a live show when it was on uh, the network or, or not for the majority of its time on the network. And I think that tonight, the mix of promos and matches, the flow of the show felt really good, even though we talked last week about how a tape show can just be so icy because anything good that happened would have leaked out ahead of time. Tonight just might not have reinvented the wheel, but these, this was a solid two hours of television. Honestly, I didn't know it was pre-tape until I saw uh, Tony D'Angelo's goon that's already been released in there. I'm like, oh, I guess this was pre-tape. Outside of that, I had no idea. I avoided the spoilers, and I, I agree with you. It flew well. Like, it was a great pace show. So now that yeah, the offer is completed on, on Paramount+, Plus, uh, Sunday we watched The Godfather. Last night we watched The Godfather 2. And I think next week, WWE or NXT, I don't ask much of you, but I need uh, two dimes as leather jacket wrapped with two fishes inside of it and delivered to Tony D'Angelo since kayfabe he's gone. <laughs> I'm here for it. And Santos Escobar needs to go to war with the D'Angelo family. Yeah, they're really accelerating that. I didn't know it would. Uh, I thought this would play out a little. They have been. We're a war. Get into they it, have but... been a war for for months. Well, no, but right now, but but two dimes, two dimes sleeping with the fishes. That'll really escalate some things. And then when he comes back in a year, we could say he was in witness protection because he was turning state's evidence on the D'Angelo family. I love it. Long term booking. Let's see if they adhere to it. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. I support it. Yes, really. I just just NXT. I just want to freelance. I just want to basically take the outline of the Godfather, change some of the names and just be like, here, here's your next six months of Tony D'Angelo. You know, you can't screw this up based on some of the greatest films of all time. Uh, But tonight we opened. Oh, let me open the recap. I've got uh, my list of NXT women's champions open for later in the show. But what did we open with tonight? How did tonight start? How did it begin? Uh, before we get to that, let's actually take the super chat. Mia Lee, 499. Uh, Vinci is what they wanted Cesaro to be. Going to be NXT champ before you know it. And Tiffany is the moment I hate that Roxy wants to give her title shot up for the tag. Ooh, interesting. He does remind me of Cesaro and the same amount of charisma too, which is not a good thing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, I cringe when I heard Roxy talk about take a tag team title shot instead of the women's. It's so stupid. I hate that. And I agree. I thought Tiffany Stratton was incredible tonight, and we'll get into that. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton's promo tonight, like... Better than 90% of main roster. I'm not talking about main roster women. Better than okay. 90% of what you will see anybody talking on the main roster, from delivery to facial expressions. She, like, knows how to be an entertainer. I with the writing on that, the language they used, all of it, her delivery. I mean, this was just. I feel like she's been middling, and this was taking it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's had good. some promise. I've I've seen something in her, and she's really they're kind of letting her blossom now. It's like they're taking the chains off of her, and she's gonna take them as far as the letter. And top five entrance theme of anyone in professional wrestling. It's a good theme. Yeah, it's a good thing. Not because it's not just a loop. It's like a yeah. so, it's a song. It's very rare that it's a song, especially in WWE. Normally, it's yeah, a loop. Uh, Solo Sokoa versus Grayson Waller opened the show. I love this match, but what do you think <laughs> about Grayson Waller winning Issa? 
Uh, the match was great. I was I was having fun until I saw a turnbuckle get exposed and I already knew what was going to happen. I don't think NXT is being very consistent in how they're booking the stories. From 50-50 to Solo got next to now he's losing to Grayson Waller all in a matter yes. of three weeks. I, I don't want to see. I, I, I was ready for Solo to win a title. I don't need to see him take stupid L's here on, on, on television for no reason whatsoever. I didn't like the finish. The match itself, I actually thought they had great chemistry, but the finish, you know what they say, they remember the finish and seeing Grayson Waller win, I think it was the wrong choice here. Yeah, definitely the wrong choice and it seemingly a change in course of direction. I don't think we can now go by the I got next booking. I think they've just dropped that. Mm. So, you know, unfortunately, the more we hold on to it, the more it seems like they don't know what they're doing, which I don't think they do with Solo Sokoa. I think they were on a fine path with him. The people were behind him. I thought it was just elementary that he should have beaten Cameron Grimes, but they've clearly decided to go in another direction. Uh, I did think this was a great opener, but I too don't agree with Solo Sokoa losing and the direction they're taking this character after they pretty much telegraphed that he was in line to at the very least receive a title shot at the North American title, let alone win it. Solo Sokoa had his quarter up on top of the Street Fighter 2 machine, signifying he was next to play. Grayson Waller just walked up, knocked it off. <laughs> just uh, That's what I think about you. Uh, no, Solo Sokoa should not have lost this match. I mean, just from a booking point of view, that made no sense tonight. Grayson Waller already as a heel, like his wins and losses don't matter. Solo's momentum is super important right now. Very, very perplexing decision. Uh, we yeah. saw a lot of Tony D'Angelo tonight. This was of like course. the Tony D show. No wonder it was such a great show. We had so much yeah, that's why it. we yeah. loved it. They should NXT level up should just be the Tony D'Angelo show. It's like how they have the Howard Stern wrap-up show on on, on Sirius 101. They should just have the Tony D'Angelo and company wrap-up show instead of NXT level up. And honestly, the fact that Carmelo Tricks and the D'Angelos are able to walk through the NXT parking lot looking so confident speaks wonders of them they weren't scared they're at the most well, dangerous place on earth and they were not scared yes well because they, they knew when where legato del fantasma was they were right there they weren't in a vehicle <laughs> speeding right. by uh but Caden carter and katana chance took on Elisa leone and valentina feroz uh alfred what'd you think of this match it was good i, I really like Caden and katana i think they should be the ones to dethrone toxic attraction i think that they've really improved and uh this is a good showcase for them i mean it wasn't the greatest uh, technical match or whatnot but it was a good showcase for carter and chance lisa i actually was a fan of the other team the other team i'd never seen them before it's the first time on television and they no, 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 they've been okay. around. well it's the first time i remember seeing them okay alfred <laughs> okay. listen them. i don't i don't know who they are okay i i didn't know who they were <laughs> I, I thought they did a good job at keeping up with them. Where 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 did we see them before? They've been wrestling for a couple months. Yeah, now, for a couple months. Yeah, they they had a little vignette. When they've had a couple of matches, and we've talked about but, this. But when, they, Alfred? When? It's, it's good they finally made an impression on you. Yeah. Somebody go back to the archives. I want a super cut of when we, when Isis commented on their matches before. <laughs> I don't remember these girls but, at know, all. They've been on Alfred, TV for a little bit. 
Tonight it was so good. It was like she was watching them for the first time all over again. I thought I I still think I'm watching them for the first time. I don't know why Alfred started coming here and have an opinion when he misses like three quarters of the Tuesday podcast anyway. So he don't know what he's talking about. Level up. Somebody say level up. I don't watch level up. Nobody watches level up. I would watch. There's some weeks I'd rather watch level up. Listen, if they've been on TV before, I will say tonight is the first time that they managed to make a good impression. I thought they were great. So I I liked them. But I do agree. I think Kate and um, Katana. I have a hard time calling her that. I think they should win the tag titles. I know that people are rooting for Roxy and Cora, but these two have been a tag team since day one. Why not give them a shot? Why not give love, them a shot? Love at 21st sight for Issa in between these two. Yes. I, I don't watch this. NXT level up, okay? <laughs> um, I will say this during the promo segment later that they had Caden has a certain gravitas and presence that I feel like a lot. I mean, she just stands out. Yeah, you I know? think I think um, definitely, and, and even her promos too, because they had that like disaster train wreck of a promo segment a couple of weeks ago where they're all arguing with each other. And I think Caden held it together in terms of her like conviction with what she was saying, and she was the only person I found to be believable in what she was saying. And she has that thing that you can't really teach. So I, I like that presence about her for sure. Hmm. Things you can't teach, like a bona fide G. Yeah, certified G. Certified well, is it G. Certified bonafide G. Stud. Bonafide stud. Bonafide stud. Yeah. yeah, it's true. We'll always it's have true. Enzo. You know, if he hadn't done that Survivor Series thing, he'd be back already. Oh, of course. I mean, think about it. That's like one of the what ifs of wrestling. What if that never happened? He was on a trajectory, even as Cruiserweight champion. He was booked in the main event of Raw constantly. Like They were building that show around him to a degree and even touring the NXT brand with Enzo. There, we, could be in a, we could be in the era of Enzo right now if he would have. That I need happen. to watch MLW. He's been doing stuff on MLW, right? Yeah, he's been doing stuff all over. I believe he's worked MLW a couple of times. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Shout out to Court uh, Bauer. Uh, so Wesley, Wesley, very heartfelt promo. And I thought it was very interesting how they sidestepped Nash Carter in this promo. Yeah. I mean, he, it, and that's what they've been doing. That's what they're going to do. This is typical WWE playbook where he's not specifically mentioning what it is that happened to him, but they're just trusting everybody to know. And I thought he was good in terms of acting and kind of breaking up. Uh, I thought he was very good. Uh, if he wants to get on the main roster, might need to put him on a little more muscle. But other than that, I thought he was uh, excellent in terms of this segment. Very surprised to see him interact with, uh, uh, you know, Trick. Oh, my God. What? What? <laughs> Nothing. Um, I personally didn't like the beginning of it. I thought Wesley was just doing a little too much crime. But then Trick came out and he turned it up. And I, I personally liked the back and forth between these two. I didn't think this was going to go so well, but I enjoyed it. I thought that Trick brought out the best in Wesley and made him stop crying like a little bitch. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, this is good. I'm looking forward to these two interacting. I wasn't a fan of the Zion Quinn. Like, all they needed to have was one match, really. And so I'm glad that he's moving on. And that Trick actually gets to stand on his own because as much as I love mm. Carmelo and I like what Carmelo is doing and I like the act, just if you're thinking from a WWE mindset, I just think Trick is somebody who Vince McMahon would absolutely love, not only for his entertainment value, but also, you know, even his physique. He's another guy who I think if, if you're trying to impress Vince McMahon could stand to put on, get a little thicker like Montez Ford did. And, and he would look like a, Adonis, he's got the six pack going already, but I think Trick Williams is going to be a star. Next week, we're going to rank uh, the the 
BMI of all NXT yes. stars. Who Please, needs to put on muscle weight? Who needs uh, to not put on muscle weight? <laughs> when he's not uh, being chauffeured around by a limousine, little known fact that Vince McMahon has a bumper sticker on the back of his car that says, size matters. <laughs> I was waiting for Vince McMahon to come out and say something and leave. Yeah. What the hell, Vince? The dad had been pre-taped. He probably flew down to Florida and they had to break the news it was pre-taped tonight. They probably just had him come into an empty arena. No, they probably got fans to come in. They probably got a live audience for Vince to address them and just told Vince he was on TV. <laughs> I'll never know the difference. Set it up. Just a fake thing. So he would think he was, you know, yeah, agreed. Uh, actually, uh, I would love that. <sighs> Tiffany Stratton cut ah. career best promo tonight saying about Wendy Chu, it's not my fault. She sucks at life. <laughs> like, I like the gym bar she had. Speaking, speaking, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Oh, yeah. I was like, speaking never, muscle mass, she said, Do you even know what a gym is? Do you have a gym membership? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Her, oh man, no, I thought it was great. It was a great promo by Tiffany Stratton. She's an absolute star. You know, I know people complain about blondes and WB and whatnot, and aside from that, just star power alone, she. Is I mean, she's got it. She's got everything. And I think that if they just give her a little more time is the only thing, but she's already a great enough athlete to where she's passable in the ring already. Uh, but a little more time, she's going to be right there in the mix, I think. Well, it's actually, I, mean, I think part of the reason why it's even more phenomenal is they're leaning in to the backlash against what is deemed to be the blonde female yeah. WWE stereotype. Like they leaned into that so hard, it comes back around and is is fresh and unique. Yeah, I really, really like this promo by Tiffany. And you know what the best part was? No lies were detected about what she said. <laughs> wow. So you think she goes over Wendy Chu next week? Yeah, of course, duh. But here's the thing. It's like you, there's so many mean girl characters in wrestling, and so many of them are like doing impressions of a mean girl. I believe that shit when Tiffany Stratton, I believe that. Like she's got a handle on how to play that character in a very realistic way. And that's something that a lot of people in wrestling don't have. Yeah, and Tiffany is actually athletic, has the credentials. Like, it's not just that she's just sitting there being a pretty blonde who can be a mean girl. No, she has the the capabilities of being athletic. We know she works out. We know she goes to the gym. We know she's got it. And that adds an extra layer to her character. Uh, Calvin, $5 super chat. I'm mad that they keep sleeping on you, Lisa and Valentino. Well, Lisa didn't even... <laughs> Wait, wait, who wait, who are they? Who are you, Lisa and Valentino? Yeah, you call out the names. Same names, Kelvin. <laughs> no clue who they are. I think also there are so many strong personalities. This NXT women's division, I, I feel like a broken record because I feel like I say this probably at least once a year. Uh, but right now they're on a tear with these really strong personalities. So many uh, talents that just are breakouts with their character that if you are not a strong personality right now, like you're just a memory. Yeah, for for what you're, you're saying, I've been I've been very vocal about what you're saying. They're introducing us to too many people at once, and a lot of them are not standing out. And you get so many new characters every week that it's very hard to keep track of how many people you're getting to know on a weekly basis. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I think it makes the the weaker gimmicks having stronger uh, personalities and better gimmicks makes the weaker gimmicks more forgettable. It's just uh, the way that it goes. So um, 
Speaking of which, we had uh, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp. How, what what happened to Roderick Strong? Remember, Roderick Strong was like, I mean, he was like the Johnny Gill of the Undisputed Era, and uh, you know now he's solo. And well, how many people bought Johnny Gill records? Like uh, he wasn't he wasn't Mine. even on the Undisputed Era to begin with. That's true. He was the adopted brother. But yeah. it feels like I mean, it feels like Diamond Mine isn't even a thing anymore. It's not. Uh, I mean, it yeah. is, but I mean, it's really not in terms of like they're walking dead. They need to break up already. And Roderick Strong's one of those people. He's great as a part of a bigger sum, but on his own, it's like get ready for the Lance Bass record or the Johnny Gill reference that you're like. He's not somebody who should be on his own. He's somebody who can add to something. You know, he's a compliment. He's a he's a he's a running back that comes off the bench, but he's not a guy who can carry the ball three hundred times in a year. Oh, this is Ramesh Nova saying. So it was, it was Adam Cole, the Bobby Brown. Of uh, see, I would sure. argue Undisputed Era didn't have a Bobby Brown, it was just all Johnny Gales and Bell Biv DeVos. Like, there wasn't even a Ralph Tresvant of Undisputed Era. Alfred, do you think, do you think Roderick Strong puts on a little muscle mass? Do you think that will help him? Absolutely, he's just a couple of pounds, 10 to 15 pounds away from greatness. Roderick Strong, it, listen, that's all they do in the diamond mines, they lift weights, and none, and he doesn't have any muscle mass anymore. So, what the hell has he been doing? There are those guys at the gym that want to hang out and talk all the time at the gym and yeah. they're trying to talk to everyone lifting. And it's like, dude, you just come here to socialize. You never even lift. That would be a great. See, Roderick Strong has never done anything interesting in his life that I've ever been interested in. That would be interesting. If his character was guy who walks around at the gym, because that infuriates people who actually work out. If that was his character, fire. Yeah. And he'll just talk about his fitness routine all the time. And he's like, oh, how much creatine you take in a day, bro? Like, uh, I was gonna say, I need him to take a super strong pre workout, like, super yeah. just so he's like mad hyped. And like, he just goes, He's like, Bro, you want me to spot you? And then be like, No, I got it. no, let me spot you. <laughs> he needs to go to guys like twice his size, like Yvonne Wagner, and teach them how to squat and tell them they're doing it wrong. And then, no, no, you got to do it like I do it. Oh, that's a gimmick, the spotter, the yes. spotter, the yeah. Spotter. Roderick Strong is the spotter. <laughs> Hey, I'd be interested. Terry Allen Jr. 260, uh, WWE songs in the playlist, Alfred. In the playlist? What is it? Are you talking about WWE theme songs in the playlist? I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to clarify that. In terms of theme song, I mean, if in my playlist, The Brood is, is one of the GOAT theme songs. I love that beat, especially when the beat drops. Nothing like it. Uh, John Cena's theme song, not the newer one, the but the Thugonomics theme song I thought was fire. Uh, oh, there's so many. Uh, but, but clarify what uh, songs that we're talking about. Funkasaurus. I always like to open with the Funkasaurus. Yeah. Nation of Gender Domination. Jinder Mahal's entrance song. Mm-hmm. Slaps. Yeah. Kelvin Super Chat. Tiffany is making this wrestling thing look easy. Also, the girls are lapping the guys in 2.0. Yep. He's not wrong. That's pretty much the story of NXT, though. That shouldn't be a talking point. NXT 1.0, the women far outpaced the guys. I mean, that was the Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha Banks era. We're going to get into it later tonight. But the women have always outperformed the men traditionally on NXT. Yeah, NXT, I mean, WWE in general, there's not enough variety in male looks and characters. You know, it's amazing that the women's roster, you have so many distinctive hair colors, styles, ways of dressing and presenting yourself. And with the men, it's like, five different creator wrestler templates. Yeah. As long as they have uh, muscles. Uh, well, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp won that. Uh, two, two stacks and dimes were... Uh, no, two dimes. I love how the Wrestling Inc. recap gets it wrong with two stacks. 
two dimes in stacks. That's hard. Side on this. But um, we saw Giovanni Vinci with Mackenzie Mitchell. Ikamanjiro interrupted, and they're going to have a match. Probably Great. next. Can't week. wait. Can't wait. Let's go, uh, Ikamanjiro. What did you think of Toxic Attraction's promo in the ring, Alfred? Pretty good. It was all right. It was it was what it was. They kind of have a template that they do where each takes turns, and I think they're all fine. Uh, I was actually more interested in the exchange after. It did start off a little hokey, but I actually kind of like the exchange between Cora and uh, uh, Roxanne Perez and then Katana and Caden. I thought that was actually pretty well done uh, when it actually built up to the fight. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't mind blown by Toxic Attraction. All of their promos just seem to be same old, same old, you know. Um, I was more into these tag teams going at it. And I already mentioned that earlier. I didn't like that Roxy's teasing going for the tag titles. Why did you win the breakout tournament then? You don't need to take the breakout tournament stop spot to go for the tag titles. Then Tiffany should have won it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to go. They're going to Roxanne and Cora are going to go for the tag team titles. That's what they're going to use that opportunity. Stupid. It looks stupid. Like, she needs to have I no know. friends. Like Roxy needs to just have no friends. She's letting her friends sabotage her one opportunity. Like it's so dumb. <laughs> She's not beating Mandy Rose. They're not winning the tag titles either. I think um, unless it's a three-way match with Caden and Katana, uh, I, I don't see toxic attraction dropping those titles. I get that, but still, you have an opportunity to be on yeah. the top and you're going to give it up so that you can win the tag titles with your friend. Okay, look at how well that's going in the main roster. Like, why would you do that? Well, Issa, what did you think of Kiana James <laughs> and her exchange with Indy Hartwell backstage? <laughs> I loved Indy Hartwell in this segment, by the way. I thought I thought Indy, I don't know, maybe her balls dropped today or something happened. <laughs> I really like, I really liked Indy here. I saw about tight Indy start stepping up for herself. Yeah, I think this is fine. This are, sounds like that they're actually finally deciding what they want to do with Indy because I feel like she's been a woman without a country ever since Dexter left. She was in pretty much every show when Dexter was there and kind of the focal point for a while there. And I just feel like she's been lost since then. But it's good that they gave her some promo time and now she's going to have an actual feud. And I can see her winning this match. <laughs> Pardon me. Didn't hit mute in time. Uh, Bless you. Bless you. Yes. Uh... But I think with Keanu James, this gimmick, this gimmick, this is like third-rate uh, Drew Gulak or what Dana Brooke was doing with Titus Worldwide. Like, do you think, I mean, she even knows, like, some uh, Excel or Google Sheet formulas? You I know? mean, I would like to see her print them up and bring them to the ring to show everybody. If she does, yeah, she should charts, be hiding Charts, graphs, and PowerPoints. Yeah. I don't. This is 2022. She can just send a QR code to everybody and they can open it in their own device and we can save some trees. Well, she could use those papers, though, to paper cut her opponents and cut them up. That could be a very deadly <laughs> weapon. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Dream Realm Studios. Uh, happy birthday, Dream Realm 42. Hey! Cancer stand up. It's, it's a handsome African's birthday in two days, I hear. Cancer <laughs> gang, stand up! Feliz cumpleaños. Gracias. I'm going to be Happy out of this birthday. Friday's podcast too, celebrating my birthday. But <laughs> June's a very busy month for Alfred Kennel, okay? After that, I'm not missing a single show for at least two more months. Wow. After that, me and Glenn are going to miss it. You're on your own. You don't have to do all the mm -hmm. shows alone. <laughs> That'd be so sad. 
Allison Tuckwab, thank you for the 999 super chat. Allison saying Vince McMahon is the owner. Why he's got to step down now. He has his daughter step up to the plate for him until until the investigation is done, then come back and fill his role. I mean, look, we talked about this Friday. I agree. I think uh, just he needs to go away for a while while this gets properly investigated and not put his thumb on the scale to try and pop these ratings. Well, uh, the fact that Stephanie is in charge now, Bruce Pritchard has been installed in John Laurinaitis' place, tells you that Vince McMahon still has complete control of this company because these seem to be all figurehead type moves where I really do think that Stephanie is still tending to her family and is still at some point, you know, kind of scaling back her duties. But this is a good public facing move, as is, you know, Bruce Pritchard being installed or whatnot, uh, keeps up the appearances. But I do think that Vince McMahon, both corporately and creatively, is still running the show. Mm, quite possible. Um, Cameron Grimes versus Idris Sanofe. Alfred, what'd you think of this? I like this. I thought this was good. And I like that Idris Sanofe is in kind of like the Dante Martin role where he's having these pretty good matches, progressively better matches against name talent from NXT continuing to lose. But they're telling you that one day he's going to start winning and he's going to be next up, kind of like what they did with Jungle Boy and Darby Allen, much faster than Dante Martin. I wonder why. But it's similar to that role that I think Idris is in. And I think he did a good job in this match. And Cameron Grimes looked good. I just Cameron Grimes has lost something, man. I was such a fan of Cameron Grimes as that bombastic heel that yeah. this is fine and he's still having great matches but i really wish he would get back to some character work he lost his gimmick yeah uh isa what'd you think of uh both this match and then cameron's promo face off with uh braun breaker backstage yeah i'm very lost in the booking of cameron grimes the match itself was fun they had great chemistry i thought they they worked very well together i just I don't know. I, I'm very. I feel very lost with Cameron Grimes. Ever since the million dollar title feud with LA Knight, after that, I feel up and down with him. Like they haven't really hit a steady road, and I'm just so confused about what he wants to go for. He had the North American title, lost, and now he's going for Braun Breaker. He feels very lost in a weird shuffle, and I think maybe it's time to do something different with his character. Um, this whole stock thing is just not working anymore, or Bitcoin, whatever made him rich. Maybe make him broke like you did with Corbin. I don't know, but something has be to realistic. Change. They should make him broke yeah. because cryptocurrency is in the toilet right now. He should be broke. And whatever character they give him, I don't even think he has to play the rich person character. He just let him explore his whole personality because it's so valuable. But that's the thing. He went from the rich, you know, Bitcoin person to cryptocurrency person to my dad really wanted me to win a championship for him. And yeah. it's just like those two stories were so disconnected and so far apart. Yeah. Mm, true, true. Uh, Thea Hall checked into Chase U where they have co-ed dorms. This is funny. She's, she's this was great. She's mm -hmm. good. She's got a lot of energy. And again, they're doing the thing that they do in WWE with grown men who act like they don't know how to talk to girls. So they're doing that again with Bodie. But this will be fun. This will be a fun pairing. Yeah. I thought I thought this was a fun uh, I thought this was a fun segment. It wasn't Apollo Cruz, you know, superhero. Yeah. The streak's good, but it was it was good. Can we talk about that? So Apollo this week uh, saw somebody getting mugged, envisioned himself stopping them, and then went to stop him. Glenn, and I'm Apollo saying, is one with the streets. Say well, it. Apollo needs to form a tag team with the guy he saved from getting beat up. I think that's the logical conclusion after oh, this Your promo. friendly neighborhood Nigerian king, Apollo Cruz, man. I loved it. <laughs> Apollo Cage, the they're, doing the, they're, they're doing it like Luke Cage, pretty much, where he's just uh, a yeah. badass, is going around beating people up, but dreaming about it 
I, I tweeted, I hope they don't do this where he wins it. the NXT title and then it was a dream and then he didn't actually win the title. I hope they, they don't keep this dreaming gimmick where he's just dreaming about all these things happening and not actually they doing a it. a thousand percent have to do that during the match. He envisions himself getting the pin. He's like pinning him and he's envisioning himself winning and then they go back to the dream and he's still pinning him and he wins. I need an Apollo... I need an Apollo signal to go up in the like in the sky when somebody's being bullied or getting mugged or something. Like it'll be incredible. But you put him against Braun Breaker. What's the argument for Braun Breaker retaining that championship? Braun Breaker is not from the streets. Not like Apollo. Yeah, I've never seen Braun Breaker rescue anyone in the streets like Apollo did tonight. But that's what I'm saying. How do you have Apollo who's so gifted and you have these promos that are so clever? How do you put him in a feud with Braun and then have him lose? That's what I'm saying. Like I, mean, I, I hope Apollo wins that title, really, and it's reality. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see where they go with this. They're clearly building him up, and I like the slow build. That's a good sign. And maybe when they're ready to put Braun Breaker on the main roster, which could be any day now, the Apollo Crews will benefit. Mm, true. Take back the streets. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take it to the streets, yeah. <laughs> Von Wagner fought Brooks Jensen. Von that Wagner he did. won. He definitely did do that. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, I, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Von Wagner, I'm sure you're a nice person. You seem moderately talented in the <laughs> ring. Um, but I just cannot care about this this character. Glenn, Glenn, what will Von Wagner have to do to get you to care? Oh, that's a good question. Well, he, he taking back the streets is already taken. The mafia thing is already taken. Von Wagner is not from the streets. I can tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, hmm. If you put his hair in cornrows, I would start to get a little Yeah, I would, I would slightly care about that. That would be good. If you could pull off cornrows, I'll say this kid's got something. He's got to go back to the mesh pants. Mesh pants? Why? Do- yeah, he used to have this mesh gear. It wasn't mesh, but it looked like mesh. And I would I be very that. entertained trying to figure out if it was mesh or not. That's the most, most invested I've ever been into. What if we did a gimmick where he just hits everybody up to borrow money and then never pays them back? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, and that's just his gimmick. His life. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah, and then they can all get together and find out that he took them all for like 20 bucks. And then there could be like a 20 on one match, you know? Could headline WrestleMania. Yeah, in lieu of payment. Please stop. Both of you. <laughs> hey, Issa, did what I just pitch, is that better or worse than what Vaughn's doing right now? It's better. <laughs> uh, oh, Nikita Lyons is coming back next week. Yes, she is. Get ready, because here she comes. How much you want to bet Alfred doesn't miss next week's uh, podcast? I'll be early to next week's podcast. <laughs> We're starting the podcast at at 6.50 Pacific Standard Time. (laughs) Like, I don't want to get conspiracy theorists, but I almost wonder if they knew that they had to sideline her or else she was going to win the breakout tournament. And then they weren't ready to have Mandy drop the title yet. No, they won, but she would have gone for the tag titles by herself. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been solid, um, yeah. but she'll be back next week. Alba Fire versus Lash Legend. Uh, Lash Legend taking Alba's bat. Let's go. Yeah, he's for all of it. Yeah, all of it. 
I didn't want yep. Lash Legend losing, but I like the way that she ended up losing. She looked badass, good match. Still a big fan of Alba Fires entrance, but again, I told you guys in the past, I don't want to see Lash Legend losing, but tonight she lost because she just decided to attack Alba Fire, and I can get behind that. I like seeing this this version of Lash Legend, and I thought they meshed well in the ring together. Yes. I like Alba Fire's entrance too. It's just they're literally playing with fire, having her carrying around that baseball bat with a flame on it. There oh, was yeah. somebody who like pushed their child toward the bat. Did you see that? Where somebody in the front row like pushed her child toward the bat? It's like, what are you doing? And and like so, it's close to her hair, and there was that time Undertaker. It's a lawsuit. Got it's a lawsuit. You know what? Everybody's going after Vince McMahon right now, so why not try? Why and, not try? Because he'll settle, right? He doesn't want that smoke. He'll settle the lawsuit if you sue him. It happened literally to Gene was. Simmons. It happened literally to Michael wanted Jackson. Smoke. Literally wanted. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Long hair fire, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. yeah, I get nervous I've been watching Jean her carry that. Times. Yeah, I hope. I hope nothing happens because it's really cool to watch. But in the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh, it's getting closer. Let's talk about the main event tonight, which was Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Tony D'Angelo. Now, Tony had Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, Cruz Del Toro two dimes and stacks out there. This was for the NXT North American championship. They went a little over time. Uh, Escobar would not uh, help Tony when he needed it. So tensions are escalating. Uh, Tony D'Angelo did not win the North American championship tonight, but that being said, Alfred, what'd you think of this match? That was good. I thought it was uh, good to see Tony D'Angelo in a main event. I, Listen, I think the finish is fine, and I liked how they're doing this. I just thought, and I know we were talking about this earlier, and that they have been at war for a while, but I thought this phase of uh, Santos having to be part of D'Angelo's family, I thought they were going to do more of a slow build toward him finally crossing him. But it's okay (laughs) if they did it here. And I I was thinking it might build up to a war games or something like that maybe, but I'm fine with it. I I really do continue to kind of enjoy this storyline in terms of what they're doing with Legato. I don't like that we don't get to hear Legato's theme music. But I, I thought it was fine. Nisa? Well, I'm not fine with it. I was pissed. I was pissed. I thought it was <laughs> stupid. It felt very repetitive of what they did with Warlow and MJF during the dog collar match. Like, it was literally the exact same thing, but it was knuckles instead of a ring. I liked the match. I really thought that um, yeah. Tony and, and Carmelo Hayes, like, were really going at it. I almost wanted a clean finish because at one point I thought either one of them could have won this match clean. Um, and I think it's it's a very... Pussy move from Santos Escobar. You lost a match. There was a stipulation. You're supposed to be part of the family. Be part of the family or go slip with the fish. That's all. (laughs) I mean, it is kind of, it's like you lose a bet with your friend and then you're like, okay, time to pay off the bet. Okay, I'm going to pay off the bet. And then like, screw you. I'm not paying off the bet. Like, Don't make a bet then. Don't make a bet. Exactly. Uh, but Apollo, Santos, Apollo Cruz from the streets should come after Santos for doing that. G yes. code, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is better, Godfather One or Godfather Two? Godfather Two is one of the greatest sequels ever, but I don't think that's to say it was one. better than Godfather One. Yeah, I think yeah. Godfather One. One I think is better. And also, we were gonna find a copy of that chronological cut Coppola did. But we were like, oh, no, it's fine. Jumping back and forth. It actually would have worked better chronologically. I was taken out of it. I was really into the De Niro part. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't know that I care as much about Michael and Fredo and all this. Like the yeah. De Niro story is much better. That's part. fair. Now we're going to watch Godfather 3 later this week, probably tomorrow. But we're not going to watch the new cut of Godfather 3. We're going to watch the OG cut, 
with the half hour subplot about the Vatican. Okay. Very exciting. Jared, one, two, three, four, five. Isn't NXT supposed to be connected to the main roster philosophy now? It's booked so differently. The last GQ reminded me of a few non finishes NXT does. I don't think it's that connected. I doubt Bruce is closely paying attention to NXT right now. Yeah, I agree. Well, I do think it is connected. Well, it's definitely connected to main roster philosophy. Maybe it's not going to show as much in the wrestling because it is going to be a different style because a lot of them are very new to wrestling. Uh, But in terms of how you look at them cosmetically and what they look like and the type of people who are being put in those top star positions, they look like people who can go on the WWE main roster tomorrow and shine. Whereas in the old NXT, a lot of people who got over, like your Finn Balor's, like your Adam Coles, uh, just, you know, were not able to get over (laughs) I saved myself from going that obvious, making that obvious joke, but they were not able to go to the main roster. Okay, that's all. That's how I'll put it. They were not able to ascend to the main roster at the same heights. That's how I'll put yeah. it. They but didn't now, have the muscle mass to go to the main roster. Is what I'm saying. But now NXT is connected to the main roster the way Agents of Shield was connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like loosely at best. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Speaking of muscle mass, we did skip Jordan Devlin's uh, video package. That's right, J.D. Yes. McDonough. <laughs> <laughs> I call him J.D. McDonald's. So I don't know why. <laughs> my favorite part of this video package is like, I stand in my balcony in my penthouse overlooking my city, and it looks like the most boring city I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, bro, go back inside. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Oh, my God. Anthony Y, the tornado saying, oh, hey, it's the CEO of the Tornado Nation. Alpha. Hell yeah, it is. Tornado Nation is stronger than ever. Threat level 10. No, threat, level, threat level is 5. I bet I bet you didn't know that now the tornado is spider NATO. He's turning into a tornado with the powers of, of a spider. Listen, oh. we, we talked about this on the board of directors. Uh, nobody's being investigated on our board. It's a very clean board. We're oh, very really? Oh, really? Well, listen, I, I snitch and he got bit by a spider. Oh, I bet no, you well, didn't know that. I'm uh-huh. going to issue a press release. I'm working on it right now, and we're going to have uh-huh, the formal sure. press release issued sure. this week. Well, too late. Uh, I already I already leaked it to the press. Too nothing late. wrong is happening. We're not doing anything wrong. I'm not stepping down. CEO okay. forever. Well, let's really get crazy and talk about the best NXT championship runs I'm ready. in the women's division. Now, we're going to go 14 uh, spots. We're going to talk about individual No, it's 12. Runs. No, it's 12. No, we're going to talk individual runs. No, we're not. We're supposed to combine the it's, rings like we did with the men. No, we so combine important. the ring with yeah. no, it's not. It's not. We're, we're combining the rings. Glenn, stop trying to cheat. It is 12. <laughs> it's so important that we discuss no, individual. No, runs. it is 12. We combine the ring for the men. We have to do it the same way with the women. Glenn, do not try to bend. I'm the not going here. first. I think fine. You're going first this time. No, Alfred goes first. Okay, okay. I'll go first. So we're going number from, 12. Uh, Number 12, combine rings, even if he hurts Glenn. I might get heat for this one, uh, but uh, I'm going number 12, Rhea Ripley, ladies and gentlemen. I think, <gasps> winning, I think Rhea Ripley winning the NXT Women's title was a great moment. We've already got Issa hiding your screen. <laughs> I thought it was a great moment, and they built up. The fans were into it. This was, I believe, one of the rare – I know it was one of the episodes that beat AEW uh, because people – and it wasn't a main roster star going over there. It was because they had told her story. She had a great chase toward that title. As world champion, uh, not necessarily, but a, a great 
talent in NXT, but if we're going to strictly rank her as a world champion, uh, not a long and memorable enough run. And this is such a loaded list that I think that it says something that she's at the bottom of it. Glenn. Oh, this is so tough. Oh, you man. got this, Glenn. You can do this. I had it by range. Well, no, no. We're co- we combined that with the men. We had to do it with the women. I know. Well, with the <laughs> men, but it's very, well, there were two very distinct things with the women's reigns that were different than the combined men's reigns. That's only my only argument. I get argument. it. I get it. But no, we're not doing that. You got this, Glenn. If you want me to go next, I'm very no, confident of who I have. You, you, you who I next. have in last place is Kyrie saying. Oh, shit. Kyrie saying is my least favorite NXT champ. She only held it, like, I think she had the shortest reign. 71 she days. Always, yeah, she always looked like she was going to get her ass kicked every single time. And the whole pirate thing, I didn't like it. So Kyrie saying is my least favorite NXT champion. Definitely a better answer than Rhea Ripley. What about you, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> Watch uh, Glenn Rhea Ripley. <laughs> no, and okay, I'm actually going to I'm going to go with this, and this is entirely based on the second reign. I want to make this clear. Okay. I'm going to say Charlotte Flair was the worst what? NXT Women's Champion because that second reign was supposed to be oh we're elevating and putting eyeballs on NXT. But it actually was like so insulting to Rhea Ripley. It was so insulting to the rest <laughs> of the women's division. Like it was just, it was just bad. Like in that second reign, I know she made history in her first reign, but I feel that like she just came back to literally light on fire all of the goodwill uh, and my good feelings about Charlotte in NXT with that secondary reign. Glenn is so is so nice about putting somebody last. Like he didn't go in there and say she's last because I didn't like this. No, he's just putting her over, even though he made her his last. Like Glenn is such a nice guy. Alfred, number eleven. Kill him with kindness, Glenn. Number eleven. I think you'll be happy to hear this is Kyrie Sane for me in terms of being NXT Women's Champion. Against this is a very loaded list, some certifiable Hall of Famers on this list, and I think Kyrie Sane is a great talent. I just it wasn't too much into her reign. I really did like her wrestling. I do think she has one of the best elbow drops in wrestling history, uh, and and she did a good job, I think, for what she was. Uh, but not enough time in NXT. She got a hot run in terms of an NXT star, but in terms of being a world champion, toward the bottom of the list. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with Kyrie Sane as my. Wait, you're putting uh, Kyrie Sane at number eleven? Uh, yeah, I'll put Kyrie Sane at eleven simply because uh. her overall performance in NXT I thought was very good, but her championship was just not memorable. As opposed to Charlotte Flair, which was so memorable that it again undid all my goodwill towards Charlotte Flair. Okay, well, my number 11, while I think she's improved, and I think that coming back to NXT is the best thing that happened to her, she hasn't had a significant feud or a match that makes me go, holy crap, she is it, and that's Mandy Rose. Wow. So compared to the names in this list, she just ranks, you know, down there for me. Sorry, but this is a hard list to, like, put him or yeah her. that's where she i don't think that mandy rose has a significant fear or matching nxt that makes goals that's the moment that i knew she was cut out to be the nxt women's champion i haven't seen that from her yet i think improvement and i like her but she's not up there with like the top 10 people in my list so is it my turn now yeah yeah number 10 
Okay, so number 10, uh, I'm going to put Mandy Rose at number 10. And it's not necessarily because I think she's a bad champion. I think she's actually been a very good champion, yeah. especially because on the main roster, we just didn't see this Mandy Rose. She was not allowed to cut promos even when she was a heel to the level that she's cutting promos and carrying us up here. I think she's got the stable. She's got the look. She does carry herself as a champion, especially in terms of how WWE likes her champions to act. Uh, it's just that she's up against so much talent that I think that she has to be toward the bottom of this list. Not as many memorable moments. I, I guess, but you know, championship material, and I think she's had a career renaissance, and I hope this helps her if she returns to the main roster. But uh, I'd put her at the number ten spot. Okay, Glenn. Number ten for me is actually Raquel Gonzalez, Mandy, Mandy Rose's predecessor, and I just think uh, wow, tough timing, you know, uh, going in the Wednesday Night Wars, and I think that also transitional period in the NXT women's division. And I think similar to what you're actually saying about Mandy, I think Raquel uh, was challenged by this because we just lost Bianca Belair. We just lost Rhea Ripley. Um, NXT, like a champion is sometimes only as good as the opponents that you throw at them unless you're so entertaining as a one uh, man or woman show that you can kind of make up a lack of competition. But I don't think Raquel had great rivalries necessarily that I don't, I don't think she was the most interesting uh, woman in NXT during her reign. Yeah, I'm actually with you on this one. I also have Raquel Gonzalez on my number 10. Um, and, I, and I agree with everything that you say. The only thing that I look back and smile is, and I don't even know if she was champion at the time, but she has such a good match with Rhea Ripley. I think it was like, uh, I, I can't remember. They fought all over the performance center. I, I remember the match clearly. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember if it was during her reign or not. So I don't even know what that tells you. But I don't have much to add to what you said. Raquel is also my number 10. Alfred, you're number nine. Number nine, I gotta go with Asuka. I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only okay. kidding. <laughs> Wait, we're on 10. Is... We're on 10, right? This is 10. No, we're nine. Number nine. 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 We're okay, number nine. nine. My number nine is Raquel Gonzalez. We're starting to sound alike. <laughs> I yeah, actually did not like Raquel Gonzalez as champion. I thought she had a couple of good matches, but if you remember, this is around the time where they started making her smile a lot. And this is what she's doing more on the main roster too, but I thought she was so good as this dominant killer giant. She had the perfect face for it. She, she's got a good smile and all that stuff anyway, but I just think she's very convincing as a badass, like terrifying. And, um, and I thought that they went away from that and wanted her to be the friendly giant as champion, and I wasn't really into it. So number nine. Raquel Gonzalez. Alfred, Alfred, I love you, but I want you to know that my heart rate literally went from 82 to 117 when you said <laughs> I know it did. I'm sorry to do that. <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> All right, Glenn, who's your number nine? <laughs> this is where it gets really challenging. This is where Have it gets really condition, Alfred. Don't do that. Shit. <laughs> Me too. I'll, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> uh... For number nine, I'm going to say Rhea Ripley. And I love Rhea Ripley. We were so high on her chase, but I'm going to blame this on the pandemic. <laughs> and the decision to have Charlotte take the title from her is just one of the dumbest things that has ever happened in the history of NXT booking. And man, like that chase was A plus. That Survivor Series that mm -hmm. she was in was incredible. And I just think they, once she got to the top of the mountain, they had no clue where to go from there. And the pandemic certainly didn't help. Yeah. Uh, so my number nine is Ember Moon. Huh? I'm sorry. It's Ember Moon. I thought the chase 
with Ember Moon was more interesting than the ring. I 100%. thought that her getting to winning the title was such an interesting story. And we were so invested, but it took her so many tries. And she didn't win it because Asuka ended up relinquishing it. Mm-hmm. And um, when I when I was trying to put this list together, I was like, okay, which moments do I remember? And I really, everything that I remember about Ember Moon was more of the chase than her actually having her reign. So that's the, re- that's the sole reason why she ranks number nine. I feel like everybody on this top 10 list had was a great champion i don't dislike any of these women it's just hard to kind of try and I think to rank that's them. the key that's the key is that we're talking about from greatest to least great and by the way just i feel like maybe apologizing for my charlotte thing uh for into the next five years uh but what's interesting though uh you know everyone's pointing out this was vince this was main roster interference that literally hampered Rhea and used charlotte as a tool for that which yeah. i think tells you everything you need to know right there and my so, number eight is uh, Ember Moon as well. And I to kind of take the words out of your mouth. I thought she should have beaten. I don't think she should have beaten Oscar, but if she would have beaten Oscar, that would have, I think, made her a greater champion. Yes. It's just, she was just kind of seen as this lovable loser. And to the point where I think one of the greatest moments in NXT history was the near fall she got on Oscar, where I thought mm. this was going to be her coronation. And Oscar's on her way out. She hits the total eclipse, and it's it's over. The match is over. And when Oscar kicked out, it was one of the greatest near falls I've ever seen, and it was a yes. great moment. And so that's what I helped. Lo- I love that you brought that up because everything yeah. that I remember was her chasing. It was never her right. with the title, and she was an incredible champion. She had great cha- um, matches, but making the list, I was just trying to think of moments I remember of them as champ, and she didn't have that many. But chasing it, she was great. Glenn, number eight. I agree, Ember Moon. Okay. Wow, look at us. I, I we're cool. actually, this, this is a lot more even than our men's champion. Except for, except, except for Glenn and his Charlotte Flair choice. I don't know what that was, but anyway. Because that's what I want to do by rain, because Charlotte was going to have two spots on the list. Two spots. Uh, but no, you forced me. You forced me to do this. <laughs> This is on Issa, all of it. Uh, but no, but I think we're, we're also coming up with a very interesting, um, I think my prediction, okay, NXT has very few formulas for how they book women's champions. And I think we're going to see as we get through this that like the ones that adhered to the formula like that worked for better or worse it still worked to carry through tv but the ones that successfully broke through that rose to like uh you know atmospheric level uh given how stratospheric level given how successful it was but with ember and a lot of these but you also have to look at like who they were following which sort of killed it too because you can't have a 500 day champion and the next champion have a long reign as well you know it just doesn't work uh, so number seven. No, I have to give my number eight. You know oh, what? Glenn, yeah. let, let me first. let me let me let me keep the order because I okay. think you messed us up last week too. And I'm the drunk one here. But my number eight, <laughs> and I I hate to do this. My number eight is Paige. Uh, Whoa. Whoa! I know, I know, I know. More insulting and I think, than me putting Charlotte last. Um, no, it's actually the fact that I wasn't watching NXT <laughs> a lot. <laughs> That's it. Babe. I'm writing my greatest my greatest baseball players of all time. Number one, Derek Jeter. Babe Ruth, number hundred. Why wasn't watching baseball at that time? <laughs> I was yeah. Ninety nine. Wasn't watching actually, baseball at that time. <laughs> actually, I will probably rank them that way. 
but uh, Derek Jeter is the GOAT no matter what. Yeah. Same same as I would assume we all have the same number one. I wasn't watching NXT at the time, and I don't think that Paige, until she showed up on the Raw after Mania, is when she got eyes onto the product. Like, I get that it hurts your feelings, Glenn, but you have to admit NXT did not take off until a certain period of time. And her period as champion was just not it for women's wrestling quite yet. I feel like the rumblings were out there, but it wasn't making people tune in the same way that Sasha versus Bailey did. That's true, but it did make me tune in. I did. That was the first moment where I was like, whoa, what do we have here? Was NXT arrival? And I see Paige, can, you know, as champion was one yeah. of the bigger matches on the show. And she is a trailblazer. And, and I do think that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, at least I gave her bonus points for being kind of the first of that mold that eventually became the four horsewomen. Right, but if that's, you know, if that's your guys' argument, then look at where you ranked Seth Rollins last week. It's the exact same concept here. You know, I, I tuned into NXT a few times during Paige's reign, but not I didn't watch every week like I did during other reigns in this list. Okay, the difference is I never tuned in during Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins did not draw me to the right. television to watch NXT. <laughs> I couldn't care less about him being champion. <laughs> It's good now, though. Oh, that's right. It's my turn. Okay, so number seven. It's your See, turn for where, number seven. This is where it gets hard. This is where it gets very difficult, and I, I feel like we're yep. going to have a lot of debates from here on out. Please don't come for me, okay? If this, this is the only fan base that I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of anybody. Not those incels. Oh, my and God. AEW. I'm not oh of no. Oh, this is the only no. fan base that I'm afraid of, okay? So I'm just saying, I love you. You guys have been very nice to me. I love you, and I still love you. Okay, but number seven is Sasha Banks. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, they don't want the smoke either. I don't want the smoke with you, the Sasha Hive. I come bowing at your feet. I apologize. I think she's a great champion. I thought she had legendary matches in NXT. As a champion, I just think they were better world champions. Okay? I don't think we remember too many world championship reigns for Sasha Banks in NXT. We do remember them, but not on the level of some of the other ones here. And it's a small difference. We're splitting hairs here. But I'm putting Sasha Banks as my lucky number seven. Top seven. Come on. Top seven. The opinions of Alfred do not reflect the views of Isa Glenn or WrestlingInc.com. How dare you guys leave me out to dry like this? They're going to kill me. Uh, you, you committed suicide, my friend. <laughs> if I'm not on the podcast on Friday, you'll know why. <laughs> Glenn, who is your number seven? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Shayna Baszler. And here's the reason why Um, they went back to the well with trying to replicate Asuka's dominant run. And I think, (laughs) I think it overstayed its welcome and went on too long and it felt like a repeat. And again, if we were doing this by run, I would actually put this as my second least favorite run in NXT. Uh, Her first run was great, but when they did, this 500 day run or whatever it was. I don't like this idea that someone is so dominant. Every contender they put against up against them have z- has zero chance. It makes it boring Good. as a viewer. Good. Boring That's how it was supposed to be. I think Alfred doesn't like this. Neither do I, honestly. I wanted <laughs> to do it by run. You said no. No, no I said no. I know Alfred's not here, but I'm going to go ahead and drop my number seven. And my number seven is Rhea Ripley. I like her ring. I like her look. I thought she brought something different, but I just don't think she's with the remaining. She's not at the level of the next six in this list, to be quite honest with you. But I really, really enjoy Rhea Ripley. Uh, clearly a lot more than you or Alfred, because you guys ranked it. 
No, you haven't ranked Rhea, have you? I did. Yeah, uh, you have. Choose yeah, you nine. Have. And again, fantastic chase. Yeah. Probably the most excited I've been since Bailey for a chase in NXT. And they just, man, it's like when they hoisted her up on their shoulders and they did that curtain call, it, it was just, just, we should have known. We should have known. Yeah. Like it's all downhill from here. Yeah, they uh, apparently the Sasha fans uh, came for Alfred, and that's the reason why he's no longer on the show. They already got him out. <laughs> Where is Alfred? Is he starting for number six? Oh, yeah, that's right. You want to give me your number six while Alfred comes back, or do we want to wait? Uh, we can give it a second. To talk okay, we'll about. give it a second. Uh... I can't believe it. I, I feel bad. I feel like Sasha Banks crew like broke into his apartment and right now they're <laughs> they're kid they kid they have kidnapped Alfred and they haven't watched him all of Sasha's NXT title matches. <laughs> Seriously. So wait, we're at number six? Am I number six? Yeah, we're at number six. Now. One, two, three, four. Um I'm gonna go with Theo Shirai for number six. Are you sure? Yeah, I think Io Shirai. Okay. I think Io Shirai. Um, I think it was good. It was a very tough period in the pandemic. It was a tough period with the Wednesday Night Wars. I think that Io is very talented, and I've enjoyed a lot of her wrestling. But I think that it was just it was you know again when we talk about championship reigns too, it's not really a reflection on the talent because they wouldn't be champions if they mm -hmm. weren't good. And we certainly wouldn't be talking to Wolf Chase. But I think that NXT had a very very tough time, and I think that given the ratings pressure and behind the scenes control, like it was just, it was a tough time and she suffered for that. But Hey, number six, ain't nothing to sneeze at. Right. Um, my number six is going to be, um, Charlotte flair. And I really wanted to put Charlotte flair on my top five, but like you said, that second ring, uh, it was just upsetting. I just remember when Rhea Ripley came out and just called her out after she won the Rumble, and I was so excited. But I was excited because I thought they were going to let Rhea beat her at WrestleMania. And I don't know. I, I would assume that because of that, and I'm trying to look at the combined rings, that's the only reason why Charlotte is set on my top five. Her well, second ring. That's strictly you, it. Let me give you the exact example of this. Imagine in high school, you had the star quarterback who like was all state took you to championship. And then let's imagine that post graduating college before starting in the NFL or they were in the NFL, they came back and said, I'm going to play a game with your current all state team. And I'm going to be the quarterback. And they just ran every play right. and dominated it and gave no love to the current players. That's okay, Alfred. No, it was her second ring was just, it really affected where she ranked in this for at least for me, but Alfred, what you miss is for number seven. I have Rhea okay. Ripley and okay. then I have Shayna Baszler. And then for number, number seven. Six, yes. It was I know, a repeat of the Oscar thing. You can't have a 500 <laughs> then, day champion that yes, close. You can. Yes, you can. Yes, no, you can. You Anyways. And then at number six, I have Charlotte Flair and Glenn has Io Shirai. And now it's your turn for number six. Okay, so we go uh, in number seven. See what happened? I went against Sasha Banks, and they came from my internet. So that, that I said, I said, I said that Sasha crew broke into your apartment, and now they're making you watch all of Sasha's <laughs> NXT title <laughs> matches. <laughs> no, they're here. They're here. They're waiting. I told them I needed to finish the podcast, and then I would go peacefully. So um, number six for me is Bailey. 
actually. I, I thought Bailey. Damn. Was another category of somebody who's great as an underdog, great on the chase, and even a very good champion. But I remember more of her chases and more of her being an underdog uh, than actually being the champion. I really thought that it might have been a cool thing for her to not win the title until at the end. But I thought Bailey was a good champion. Uh, I just, we've got too many killers on this list. We've just got too many killers. Never speak to me again. <laughs> okay. Sasha's high. We'll take care of that. I already gave my, I already gave my six. No, it's number five. We're on to number five. Oh, we're on five. Oh, now yeah. I'm going first. I see. Yeah, that. because Alfred got kidnapped. Okay. Uh, my number five, I'm going to say, hmm, hmm, one, two, three, four. Who else? Who haven't I named yet? Now I'm confused. Uh, you named Charlotte, Kyrie, Raquel, Rhea, Ember Moon, Chena, and Io. Io. So that leaves one, two, three, four. Why can't I find my fifth that I didn't name? You haven't named Asuka, Bailey. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I Did can't. I name Mandy Rose? I named Mandy Rose, I thought. No, you didn't. Oh. Really? Wow, you're putting Mandy Rose in uh, your top yeah. five? Ahead wow. of Shayna Baszler? <laughs> wow! I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to get thrown <laughs> off of my count. Yeah, you know what? Mandy Rose. Mandy wow. Rose is number five greatest champion because here's the difference. Unlike Charlotte Flair, <laughs> who came back and just sort of did her thing <laughs> at the expense of everyone else, Mandy Rose like went into witness protection and said, you know what? High school was the best time of my life. Much like the movie Hiding Out, I'm going to go back and do it the right way this time under a new identity. My name is Max, Maxwell Hauser. That's right. And I'm going to go back and have the experience I wanted to have the first time. And That's a never been kissed, like never been kissed yes. shit right there. And I'm just going to say <laughs> that Mandy Rose has revitalized the NXT women's division coming out of COVID. And I think that the reason why we're seeing such strong personalities, I think toxic attraction was a fantastic move. Um, I don't think we've ever had that dominant of a female faction in NXT before. And I think that the reason why we're seeing the rise of great characters is because she has been a great champ and almost every championship match she has, there's still believability that she could lose. Glenn, you can just say you forgot to put her in the list before it. This is but that was a pretty good argument. I think I sold that pretty well. <laughs> you did sell it. Hey, man, you had me convinced. Yeah. Now good you're job, thinking like, wait, job. is she in the top five? <laughs> uh, Alfred, you're number five. Top five. We're going to go with Paige. I think she belongs in the top five. I think she's a trailblazer. I just remember just feeling like this is like nothing I've really seen in modern day WWE in terms of having a champion of this nature, being able to go the way she did. I thought she carried herself as a champion. Great. And even as NXT champion, she came on to the main roster and uh, beat uh, AJ Lee, which I thought was uh, props to her. So I just thought Paige was a great champion. Okay. My number five is Io Chirai. I really, uh, I think I was, I wasn't a fan of Io before she became champion and then just watching her and her matches and these incredible moments that she had throughout her championship just really, really made me a fan of hers. And that's just something that I appreciated. Like she won me over. I wasn't team Io. And for me to put her top five just goes to show you how much I really enjoy her reign. So number five for me, Io Shirai. Alfred, no, Glenn, number four. 
Number four, I'm going to say Paige. Okay. I think Paige was very good, Trailblazer, and really set the standard for the NXT, not only champions, but women's division. And I think the chase was good. The rain was good. Her coming to the main roster was great. Uh, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, Paige deserves all her flowers. Uh, she has left a lasting mark on both NXT and WWE. Beautifully said. Alfred, number four. My number four is Charlotte Flair, who just doesn't get enough respect. Uh, I think she's a great champion in NXT. I, I not only think was she a great champion because she was dominant and had a long title reign, which is a requirement, but also the matches. One of my favorite matches ever. I think the match of the year in 2014 of everything we saw was Charlotte Flair versus Natalia uh, in NXT. That was when mm. Bret Hart and Ric Flair were in their corners. Go back and watch that match. It was a great match. And I think Charlotte Flair, from the match standpoint, from carrying herself as a champion, from having a long one-year run, everything you want in the champion, you could argue could be number one on this list. Yeah. Yeah, you could. You could or number but... 12, depending on or how it goes. 12. 12. Yeah. Depending yeah. on which reign you're thinking of. We, which we, do you guys realize that we have literally ranked her on the top, in the middle, and the bottom of the list? <laughs> that doesn't go to show you how polarizing Charlotte Flair actually is. Um, at number four, I have Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is my number four, and it's just because I love all four of these women and the rain so equally that I just, I feel like I was hurting people's feelings, even though they don't know me, trying to figure out how to make this top four go. But when it comes to the four names that I have left and just looking at their title rings and how much I enjoyed it, I, I love her matches, right? But I don't know that I was rooting for her every single time. I might have always been rooting for the person she was going against. And that's the only reason why I put her at number four. Glenn, number three. My number three is Sasha Banks. And let me tell you okay. why. And here's the difference. Sasha Banks is when NXT's women's division stopped feeling developmental. Charlotte right. Flair, she didn't get her character really until she was on the main roster. And even then she was very overshadowed by uh, having her father with her. But Sasha, her match against Becky, one of the top five women's wrestling yeah. matches of all time. Uh, her match against Bailey, both matches against Bailey absolutely phenomenal her character felt big league and helped establish nxt as a true third brand i think uh so excited to see what uh mercedes does next yeah. but sasha absolutely one of the all-time greatest wrestlers and easily the third best reign for a woman in nxt yep beautifully said alfred number three uh, number three, we are going to go. This is very kind of hard, more like splitting hairs. But number three, I'm putting Io Shirai as number three. I thought she was a great champion in the way that she cleaned out the division. One of the more dominant champions in terms of somebody who just beat everybody and was booked very strongly. So I thought they did a great job with Io Shirai as champion. So much so, I don't, I can't picture. I feel like she's one of the rare people on this list who kind of struggles when she doesn't have the world title because she right. spent so much time as champion that it's like a round peg in a square hole to see her doing anything else. I agree. And every time I see her do anything else, I wish that she was in a title ring. Like I cannot yeah. even take her doing something that doesn't involve being in a title ring. And I'll never forget that match that she had against Sasha that beat AEW in the, in the rate, in the rankings mm. that one week. So it was great. My number three, if you guys don't know by now, just based on my favorite guys, wrestlers and how much I enjoy big meaty men slapping meat and just people messing each other up. It should come <laughs> as no surprise that my number three is Shayna 
Baszler. I thought in an era of women wrestling, Shayna Baszler just brought something so different. And I get your point, Glenn, about having two complete dominant reigns, but she felt so different from Asuka. Asuka was putting incredible matches week after week. Shayna Baszler was fucking bitches up, and I lived for it week after week after week. I love Shayna Baszler. It hurts my heart what they're doing with her in the main roster because... Anyways, Shayna forever. NXT Shayna, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Glenn, number two. Okay. uh, My number two is Asuka. Wow. And uh, (laughs) my reasoning for this... I think that she was a <laughs> phenomenon when she won that championship um, so dominantly at TakeOver Dallas. Um, but it, I think it just got ridiculous. I mean, th- they kept her undefeated to the point that that she had to drop the title. You're ridiculous. Butch. Well, and the reason why Oscar worked better, again, number two is not, not, I think, an insult. But the reason why Oscar worked and Shayna didn't as well, in my opinion, with the dominant run, is because Asuka is like a superhero. With Shayna, it's it's like saying, it's like the same problem you have in a comic with like Wolverine. Shayna Baszler is the Wolverine of NXT's women's division because if no one can beat them in a fight, those comics get pretty freaking boring. With Wolverine, why do you think every other big Wolverine story is like, we found a way to nullify his healing power or strip him of his, uh, his, his, no, no, his steel skeleton because they know that if he has it, he's undefeated. And so I think Asuka, Asuka, listen, Asuka is Marvel and Shayna Baszler is Fight Club. And both movies <laughs> are great. A superhero movie, Avengers, Endgame is great. And so is Fight Club. Like, it can, they can both work. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, to that point, if we're go- it's my turn, right? Yeah, number two. Yep. Number two is Shayna Baszler. And I thought she was a great champion. I think the only difference between her and who I put at number one is that Shayna lost. And um, she, but she, they did a great job with her as champion and she was legit. And that is how she should have been booked even from day one on the main roster. Although they have had stretches and flashes of brilliance with her on the main roster, but they made her for real because she was a legit MMA fighter. And she came across as that, as a dominant champion. I thought it was perfect what she did, what they did with her. Yeah, my number two, um, there's two factors that go into this. Number one, I remember sitting, you can ask Justin LaVar, we were sitting in Brooklyn and I'm watching her debut on Monday Night Raw and I went crazy and Justin LaVar was like, this is the only baby face I have ever seen you root for and that is <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> I remember not really being full on in, onto wrestling, but going to NXT TakeOver just because I had a ticket and it was like, you know, down the street, why not? And I'll never forget the way that that match between her and Sasha made me feel. But like I mentioned earlier, the reason why I rank Sasha lower is because every single time I was rooting for Bailey, I connected with Bailey in such a different way. She is so far off from the character that I would like. I don't like John Cena. I don't like the characters that are made for the kids. Bailey just she was just different. She had a connection with the fans. She had a connection with everybody, and she could put on a good match with everybody. And obviously, we all know who I have at number one at this point. Her reign was just better. It ended the right way. She was entertaining. But Bailey will forever have a spot in my heart. Glenn, number one. 
Number one's Bailey. Bailey is the best wow. NXT women's champion of all time. And let me tell you why. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the chase, the story that they built about her being the ultimate underdog and her winning that title just triumphed. A, a million wrestling fans, a million NXT fans, a million women's wrestling fans were made with that moment, the coverage it got, the buzz that was out there. But then they did something that is unheard of. The powers that be in NXT booked a babyface title reign successfully that kept yes. the stakes high. We had Rocky two, the rematch at NXT takeover uh, between uh, Sasha and Bailey in the Iron Woman match. We had Rocky three with the Nia Jax match. We had the match against Eva Marie with the corporate interference and saying, Bailey's not what we think a women's champion should be. So we're going to send in a special ref and we're going to try and find every way to uh, underhandedly steal this from her. They kept that so hot. And the only Even thing the match with Carmella, when Carmella yeah. was still putting good matches with anyone, Bailey got one out of her, you know? <laughs> and the only thing we missed in that Rocky story, I'm sorry, she should have won that title back from Asuka like that would have been the perfect and then Bailey should have dropped it and gone to the main roster that would have been the perfect ending but she had the best babyface championship run that I can think of of any professional wrestler in the last 10 years um what she did for women's wrestling just just and they're trying to repeat it every underdog in NXT is measured against Bailey and they've not been able to they're thread that needle again yeah they're no. never gonna come close I'm telling you like I know I mentioned it a little bit ago but when Justin Lamar made that observation it really hit me I'm like you're right this is probably the only baby face I have ever rooted for and that's how special her reign was yeah. Alfred kept, I think we have I think I think Alfred and I have the same number one because you know we're smart people but Alfred I'll let you go first uh, we can say it at the same time if you want but uh, okay yeah. okay ready ready three <laughs> Two, two, one, one. Asuka. <laughs> to say that Asuka is the greatest NXT women's champion of all time, I think would be an insult. She's one of the greatest world champions WWE has ever booked, ever, in terms of being undefeated, in terms of being dominant. It's not like she was one of these fake undefeated where she was winning by cheating. Even when she became heel Asuka and she would cheat to win a little here and there, she would do them in the perfect moments when the match was like even and in the balance. That would get her the most heat. She was a brilliant performer. One of the greatest champions that this industry has ever seen, let alone WWE or NXT. Yeah, um, Asuka was somebody I wasn't too familiar with until she came to NXT. And it was like, there was something about her charisma. She captivated me right away. I actually met Asuka in person the night after mm. she won the NXT title from Bailey, And I remember jokingly saying to her, they're going to have to rip this title off of you, girl, because I have a feeling you're never losing it. And hey, apparently I was right because she had to give it up. And I think that's, I think it was the perfect way to end that streak. I hate the way that it went on the main roster, but I still feel like Asuka has been booked fairly compared to like the four horse women. I think Asuka is treated the best in the main roster based on call-ups. But there was something very special about Asuka. I can't add to what you guys already said. I just absolutely love her ring, love everything about her. And I just, I think she's the greatest NXT champ of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Men or women, honestly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Th that's an argument to be made. Yeah, I mean, she had the belt for 525 days. What man was better than her? Who did I have at number one as man? I, <laughs> I, I, I had the no fat. I had the no fat. Is Oscar better it. than Keith Lee? Yeah. Oscar's better than Keith Lee, so she is uh, the best of all time, for sure. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Who did I have at number one? I had Shinsuke. And I do think she's better than Shinsuke. Yeah, no, Asuka definitely. Again, forget NXT, forget NXT women. She's one of the best champions WWE has ever booked. In like in, yeah. a, in a very short list.
you have to go back to different eras to find somebody as dominant. She's booked like a Bob Backlund or a Bruno San Martino. I think, uh, Issa, I met Oscar the same night you did. Oh, Hall yeah. Night, we're during, during Hall oh, of my Fame. God. We were in the same lane. That's literally the same. Wait, I'm going to show it to you right now. <laughs> I have the picture. That's crazy. Hold on. Because who wants to go to Hall of Fame, you know? No, because back then, uh, the Axis, it was the best kept secret. If you were an NXT fan, go to Axis the night of the Hall of Fame because they have mm-hmm. all the main roster at Hall of mm-hmm. Fame, so they will bring all of the NXT people to Axis. I met Asuka. I met um, Finn Balor yes. Bailey that night. Look, it was look, so how, look how uninterested Tino Sabatelli is in, in uh, talking <laughs> to me here. No. I think he feels disrespected that you're wearing glasses still. Probably. Sunglasses indoors. I don't think you like that. Where is it? You know, I have blue eyes that are very sensitive to light. (laughs) It's literally the same picture, Alfred. Look. Oh, my God. That's awesome. (laughs) We were on the same freaking line. (laughs) And you guys didn't know each other then, right? No. No. Wow. That's awesome. It's crazy. I I think we mentioned that in the past, like, all three of us have probably been at mutual events and we didn't know each other. And now that we've been been podcasting together for a year, we haven't ran into each other, like, all three of us. I met Alfred, but not Glenn yet. Yeah. We were all at TakeOver Dallas, right? Yeah. No, I was not. No, I wasn't in Dallas. Wait, actually... No, I mean, I was in Dallas. I went to WrestleMania that year. I didn't go to the NXT show. Okay, well, did you go to Mania then? Well, I was at WrestleMania. Yeah, I went to Mania. I was, I was at WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. I went to so, that's what I mean. Yeah. So this was, I like, I feel like we didn't agree on everything, but this match was a lot more even than our opinions on NXT male champion. Like, I feel like yeah. we were in the ballpark, except for Glenn and Charlotte Flair. But anyways. If we I did it by ballpark. range, it would have been a different list. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just giving you shit. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> I, I feel like we all had a controversial, like when I said Paige, you guys gasped at me. So I guess yeah, we I think all I, have one take that, you know, you don't agree with. <laughs> I might have had Bailey and Sasha Banks pretty low, of course. <laughs> yeah. Tornado Anthony Y, Buck 99, saying Roman versus Brock special ref the Tornado. At Hell Summer yeah, Slam. let's set that up. Let's book that. We, that. we need something to shake that feud up. We can't have another Roman Brock match without the Tornado. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Allison Tuck, Bob saying, I wish both companies had the same airtime. I like that they don't interview each other, though, and they don't care what each other are doing. I hope the investigators can't make them change the time on Raw. Uh, Allison Tuck, Bob, 49, saying, I messed up. Sorry, I wish Naomi and Sasha Banks would go to AEW and shape up the women's roster, especially Sasha Banks. Uh, I just saw the headline and you read the story. Naomi's doing a non-wrestling appearance somewhere? Yeah, Kevin Hart. Celebrity game face, which is interesting. If if it's a non-WWE booking, again, it kind of speaks to this language that they may have been released. Sasha may have been released, but we'll see. Yeah. And uh, Allison, 499, saying when Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out, never heard of them anymore. I hope they both walk into AEW. I mean, we don't. There have been sightings. We've seen sightings like on Instagram, but that's it. Yeah. They're they're living their best lives, you know. Uh, Kelvin Alexander saying, Asuka's my favorite modern wrestler. Nobody comes close. Wow. A lot of people are like that. There's a big Asuka movement. Yeah, this was a hard list to put together because I feel like all 12 of these women, um, you know, did a, did a good job in their own little way. Yeah. Except for Kyrie Say. Anyways. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, had to get one last I shot. I, I kid, I kid. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, God. Look, we got another. Okay. We can yes. do it next week. Progressively obscure to where we're ranking the Western Heritage <laughs> State Champions. 
the best twenty four seven champions. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. It'll be a three hour podcast. I, I I say we do the North American Championship. It's gonna be better than the BMI. <laughs> North Americans, but <laughs> well, we're doing the BMI someday, but just not yeah, not next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who needs uh, muscle man? Who is in the perfect range? Tell us oh, in the man. chat next week who needs muscle mass. Oh, so we didn't talk about this. They had Joe Gacy talking about his druids oh, and saying they were from the champions. And all I'm thinking, story. all I'm thinking is please let it be Brazongo underneath those. I will take them not being part of maximum male models if Brazongo <laughs> are revealed to be the druids. Oh my god, somebody in the chat is saying best tag team, best NXT tag team. That will be probably as challenging as putting the wow. women. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun this though. Yeah, I would just demand. Forget, uh, forget Creed. I'm putting Enzo and Cass on in their place. You know, yeah, they should have been know. the NXT champions. Yeah, but the problem is that if we're ranking ranking champions, you wouldn't be able to rank them. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's it. We did it. We did it. So everybody follow NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Follow This Is Nasty for your feedback on Sasha Banks and her <laughs> ranking. By Be gentle. And I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Uh, we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care.